Well, we are in, uh, in Hebrews chapter 12, uh, but I did want to begin by uh, reading a scripture to you, and if we can all turn to uh, the Gospel of Matthew chapter 7. In the Gospel of Matthew chapter 7, we have here in verse 13, we have two roads that the Lord talks about. And uh, for us, we know that these roads are, are, uh, are either going uh, to, I, I guess I should say, one of these roads we are in. And I pray that every single one of us is in the narrow road. But let's read it in verse 13. It says, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is a gate and broad is a way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is a gate and difficult is a way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. See, there are two roads. And which road are we on? We know that one leads to eternal life and the other one leads to destruction. Basically leads to hell. And we all know that we all, maybe, as we walk in this world, sometimes we get off course, right? Sometimes we may be walking off that road that leads to eternal life. And we all must remember that we all have an enemy. And this enemy that we have is the enemy of our soul. His name is Satan. And Satan, we know, is he's here to tempt you. He wants to destroy you. And we know that, you know, he is like a lion seeking who he may devour. And he wants to devour us. He wants to destroy us. See, but one thing that we know about the Lord is that he suffered and died for us. He loves us. That's what we're celebrating today. His love for us. And as we celebrate His love for us, we know that if He died for us, we must be a great treasure for Him, right? We must be a great pearl. We must be something that is so valuable that He was willing to give up His life for us. And if that's the case, love needs to do something that may not always be very pleasant. And because of this love that he has, he does something that we may not enjoy. And what I'm talking about now is described in one word. And that word is chastening. See, this is what we're going to be talking about today. Chastening. You know, when we go through the, the scriptures, it has lots to say on this. And that's what we're going to be focusing on today. You know, in the Greek, what does chastening mean? It means instruction. It means discipline. It's like child training. But one thing that we know about chastening, it is the evidence of God's love. See, there are two things that it gives us. One is the evidence of God's love. And the second, it shows us that we belong to Him. See, I'm going to read to you a proverb. I'm going to read to you from the scriptures so that you can have a good sense or good understanding of this. And it's in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 24. It says, He who spares his rod hates his son. But he who loves him disciplines him promptly. So what we have here is a quick discipline, right? The discipline doesn't wait the discipline doesn't say, you know what, let him go as far as he can. Then one day when I get around to it, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and discipline him. 
You know, some people always refer to this as tough love, right? You know, we've all heard that expression. We've heard it in the past, tough love. You know, as we remember this expression, you know, it means that, you know what, there's a disciplinary measure where someone is treated sternly. And why are they treated sternly? To get them back on course, right? They've sort of gone off course. And so, as we talk about chastening, when we look at the Word of God, it's an evidence of His love for us. And we're going to be going over this. We're going to be talking about this. And, and I want us to, to open up our Bibles or to turn to Hebrews chapter 12. Here in Hebrews chapter 12, let's begin to read it. And let's begin to read in verse 5. It says, and, ha- and you have forgotten the exhortation which, which speaks to you as to sons. And what is that exhortation? It says, my son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. You know, what I love about this is what the author does. You know, the first thing that the author does is he points us to God's word. You know, he can, we can share all kinds of things, right? You and I can speak all that we want. You and I can share all these different things that we've learned, that things have been passed down to us. But when it comes to the Word of God, one thing that we know about the Word of God is that it is true. And if God's Word is talking about chastening, and it's explaining to us that this is the evidence of of God's love, then it must be true. And we must remember this. We must understand this, that all of us will go through chastening. Remember we talked about those two roads that we mentioned from Matthew, right? If we get off the road that leads to eternal life, for whatever reason, we will experience chastening because God wants us back on the road that leads to eternal life. And we're going to go over this But see, God's word is the authority. His word is infallible. It is inerrant. And we believe every single word that is is written by him, that is spoken here through his word. And he first talks about my son. You know, he's talking about God's children. This is the chastening that is given to God's children. If if there are non-believers, people that haven't surrendered themselves to the Lord, you're going to read how this doesn't apply to you. As we go through this. But we're talking about here not babes. We're talking about adult children. Children in the Lord. And he says here. He says do not despise. Okay when he talks about do not despise. What does he mean by that? He means you know what don't get upset. Don't get upset. Don't start you know what. Getting mad because you've been chastened. You know what don't get mad because you've. Receive discipline. You know, none of us like to receive that, right? And some of us do. You know what? It stirs within us. There's like this this churning within our heart that we get upset when somebody corrects us. And this is what the Lord is saying. You know what? Don't despise that. Don't get upset over that. He also says, don't be discouraged, right? When you are corrected. Understand this when it comes to correction. That someone loves you so much 
that he's willing to correct you to get you back on course. That's love. You know, when, when nobody corrects us, right, and we continue to walk in, our, in, in, in ways and places that we shouldn't be walking in, and no one tells us anything, isn't that sort of questioning whether they truly love you? Because if they truly loved you, they'd be explaining to you, you know what? You're wrong. You're off course. You're doing things you shouldn't be doing. You know what? You got to get back right back on course. You got to go back doing what needs to be done. In verse 6, it says, For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and, scour- and scourges every son whom he receives. We see here, as I've been sharing with you, the evidence of God's love is done through chastening. See, chastening is receiving that discipline, right? Because we've gotten off course. You know, there's going to be some suffering that's involved with this. But as we see here, he also says, you know what? He scourges every son. What that means is that he's going to administer discipline. That's what he's talking about. He scourges every son whom he receives. In other words, you know what? God is going to administer some sort of discipline, some sort of punishment to his own. You know, I know when I think about, you know, how I had been disciplined by my parents. You know, the things that they did to me. I mean, you know, I didn't enjoy it. And I don't think any of us enjoy it when we're corrected. And many of us have children, right? And you know what? When we also correct the children, I mean, it's not a pleasant thing. And you know, and when the kids are all, you know, when you've disciplined them, you see their teary eyes or their, you see their sadness. But you also see in some children, right? Anger. They're upset about it. And we're going to talk about that. But what I want to remind, and, and I'm reminded of actually, I remember some of the things that were so impactful in my life when it came to discipline. If I didn't have these disciplines, you know what, I know that, you know what, I would have probably just continued to do these things that I was doing that were wrong. You know, and these things, some of these things that were done weren't done by my parents. But they were done by some mean church nuns. I think we've all met them, right? But you know what? These things that they taught me, see, one thing about these, and and I went to a Catholic grammar school, okay, and high school, but when I went to this Catholic grammar school, you know what? At that time, they were allowed to exercise punishment on us, right? And the reason they did this is because, see, when... As children, we were given into their care. Remember that. You know, they took full responsibility. They were stewards of what were given to them. And I remember in second grade, I remember one of my teachers, As I remember I said a bad word. And the first thing that she did to me, is she heard me say that, right? And she grabbed me by the hand and she took me to the restroom. And you know what they did in the restroom, right? They found that soap, right? And she made me wash my mouth out with soap. And I knew, man, I ain't going to say bad words anymore because I didn't like the way that soap tasted. And I remember another time when 
my best friend and I, we were sitting next to each other. And as we were sitting next to each other, you know, we were sitting on the desk and our hands were close to one another. And you know what she thought we were doing? Holding hands. She thought we were holding hands. And the first thing that she did is she says, are you guys holding hands? And we're like, no, we're not holding hands. She says, you were holding hands. I saw you. And we were like, no. She says, come here. And you know what she takes out? Is the ruler. And you know what she did with that ruler? She smacked my hand. And as she smacked my hand, you know what she was showing me? You know that through disciplinary action, certain things that are wrong, she's going to make sure that I knew that these things will bring pain. See, and isn't that ultimately what God wants to remind us of? That what we do things that are wrong, where does it lead to? It's painful, right? It's going to lead ultimately to a road of destruction. And this is what the Lord wants to remind us of. Let's keep reading in verse 7. It says, If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. I'm going to share something with you. The second point that I mentioned earlier was that, you know what? The Lord is going to show us that we belong to Him, right? See, when it comes to chastening, chastening is the evidence of God's love for you, right? That you belong to Him. If you don't belong to Him, know that there may not be some chastening. And I want to expound on this. First of all, you know what? When my neighbor's kids... And I've seen them when they misbehave. What do I do with that? I just let them, right? I, I, you know what? I don't go over there to correct them, right? I say, you know what? That's their parents' responsibility. They belong to somebody else. So I don't go and get my neighbor's kids and bring them inside, talk to them and punish them, right? First of all, they probably sue me and, and I'd be in a lot of trouble, but I just leave them there, right? I let them do what they want. But see, when it comes to my children, I correct them because they belong to me. See, that's the same way it is with the Lord. See, as children of God, know one thing. That if you are sinning and not getting caught in your sin, question whether you belong to Him. See, what happens with us as children of God, he's go if you belong to Him, He's going to correct you. He's going to chasten you. He's going to bring discipline. But if you've been sinning and sinning and doing things and you haven't been caught, it's a time to really question whether I belong to Him or not. You know, there's many times, right, us as Christians... How many times have we gotten us, have we been upset? You know what? Why is it that I always get caught? You know what? They're doing the same thing that I'm doing and they're not getting caught. 
you know what? They're misbehaving or at their job. They're not doing this and they're not doing that. And I'm doing the same thing and I'm always getting caught and they're not. You should be glad and you should be rejoicing in that. You know why? Because God is the one that's bringing that upon you. He doesn't want you to get away with sin because you continue to walk off course. See, for us, God loves you. And He wants you to get caught. And He's going to allow you to get caught. And He's going to allow that discipline to happen in your life. Because He doesn't want you getting off track. See, when I, as a Christian, you know what, when I got chastened by the Lord, it was hard during those times. Believe me, it's been very hard. But you know what, if I wouldn't have had those corrections done by God, I couldn't be where I'm at today. See, these are the things that we rejoice in you know what? We know that during that time, it's nothing to rejoice in, man. You're suffering and you're like, why me? And when is this going to end? But once it does end, it's awesome. Let's keep reading and let's read about these things. And it says, furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of Spirits and live? For they indeed for a few days chastened us as seemed best to them. But he for our profit that we may be partakers of his holiness. Okay, we all have earthly fathers, right? We know that. We all have dads. I mean, without a father, we wouldn't be here, right? And we know that they correct us. And some correct us for the right reasons. And then we have some that correct us for the wrong reasons. But one of the reasons they correct you is so that one, you can respect them, have reverence for them, and two, so that you can obey them. That's why parents correct us, right? That's why we correct our children. When it comes to our Heavenly Father, you know, He has a greater purpose. See, because... There are, and let me go back here. Let me go back a, a, a few here. When we correct our children, we want them to obey us. We want them to respect us. See, if we don't correct them and we don't teach them to obey authority, guess what happens to them? They end up being what? Menaces to society, right? They end up being delinquents in society, right? And our prisons are filled with them because there's a lack of, what? Chastening, correction going on in the families. We know that. Fathers are absent, and I don't know if you know this, but most prisoners, most that have gone to prison, the reason for that is because there was a lack of the father's presence in the life of a child. It's known facts. You talk about it, studies, you can look into it, and this is the truth. But when it comes to us, okay, as Christians now, with our Heavenly Father, 
One of the reasons why he does his correction is for the same reasons. But there's much more to that. First, he does it so that we can, what, obey his word and we can have reverence for him, right? Because he knows that if we rebel, we are in danger of death. That's what happens. Ultimately, we get on that road that leads, what, to destruction, and he wants us to avoid walking in that path. That's why he says there in verse 9, he says, Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? See, we got to be in subjection to him so that we can live. If we're not in obedience, if we're not respecting and fearing him, when we rebel, we're in danger of what? Of death. And that's what he's trying to remind us of. See, there are parents, too, I want you to know this, that don't discipline their kids for the right reasons, right? Sometimes they have an abuse of that, or they abuse the power or the authority that's been given to them. But when it comes to our Heavenly Father, know that His chastening is perfect. His chastening is for our own good. There's, ev- there's never any bad intention when it comes to him. And we know that we partake what? As it says there, be partakers of his holiness. So when it comes to chastening, we know that it is an evidence of his love as it's been revealed in his word, which has went through that, right? We know that we also experience it, right? As children of, of our earthly fathers and of our heavenly fathers, And now we're going to talk about the outcome. What is the outcome? Let's read in verse 11. It says, Now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward it yields a peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. I want us to go back as a kid. Okay? Remember yourself as a little child. Who enjoyed spankings? I don't think any of us enjoyed the spanking, right? You know, I think that many of us even would say, would pretend to act, oh, oh, it hurts when it didn't hurt, right? So that you wouldn't get hit harder. And for those that your parents thought that, you know what, spanking isn't good for you. Even when you did get in trouble, right? You didn't like it. If they gave you time out instead of spanking, Were you happy about it? None of us enjoyed that, right? I remember one of my boys, you know, I I think he was like two and a half, three years old. Even my aunt that recently deceased, she would always remember, she couldn't believe it, that at two and a half years old, that I had to give him time out. And he would walk to the door and he'd be crying and screaming, but he wouldn't leave the area where he was to be in time out. And then uh, my aunt would look at me and say, don't you want him? I mean, he's crying. He's okay. Why don't you bring him? He's okay now. No. I told him he had to be there for half an hour, so he has to be there for half an hour. I exercise both with my kids. See, because I follow what the Bible says. And we read about that, right? And so what what happens is that, you know what, for us, we don't, enjoy being punished we don't enjoy the spanking as it says there it's not it's not pleasant 
but it's painful. But we know that there is an outcome that is awesome. See, I want to talk about what the outcome is. See, when you and I are sinning, something happens. And the relationship, I'm going to first talk about our parents. What happens between us and our parents, it begins to bring division. It begins to separate us from our parents, where our parents become angry at us, right? And what happens is, is that we, we're not in one accord with them anymore. And there's, there's, a, there, there's something, a wedge between us. And so then after that, right, the punishment that we receive, after that is given to us, something happens. What happens after your son or your daughter have endured the punishment? Or when you endured the punishment with your mom or dad after they gave it to you? What would happen? You'd go to each other and you hug and, and they'd say, I'm sorry, I hope you learned from this. See, what happens after chastening, there's a uniting that takes place. There's a restored fellowship. See, initially, it's brought separation, but after the chastening or the correction, it's brought, it's brought restoration. See, it works the same way with our Heavenly Father. The sin that you're doing has separated you. It's taken you off course. And now this chastening that you've received from our Heavenly Father, guess what it does? It reunites you back with Him. And this is a fruit that you have. The peaceable fruit of righteousness. It's brought peace back with God. And some of us know that, you know what, when we've messed up so badly, and the punishment has been hard, that, you know, it's painful, what happens to us? We say, you know what, after the chastening, after the punishment, you say, there is no way that I'm going back to that. It's now led you to walk away from that sin, to no longer walk in it. And that's that peaceable fruit of righteousness that he talks about. Let's keep reading. In verse 12, it says, Therefore strengthen the hands which hang down and, feeble knee, and the feeble knees, and make straight paths for your feet, so that what is lame may not be dislocated, but rather be healed. What is he saying here? See, if we understand that the chastening of God is because of his love. The writer is saying, don't be discouraged by it. You know what? When you see kids and they're punished, how do you see them? You see their, hang, their hands dangling and you see them all like, you know, like without strength. You know, and you see them walking, right? And they're all like depressed and you're like, you look at them and you only smile because you know, you know, what are they doing? We've seen all of our kids do that, right? Even we've done it when we were kids. But the writer is saying, now that you know why you are chasing, why you are chasing, he's saying, stand, stand up. Rejoice. Know that God loves you. And because He loves you, run. Remember we talked about last week. You know what? When you're going through trials, you keep going. Don't quit. 
The same thing now he's saying when it comes to the chasing of the Lord. You run. Know that God is doing a work in you. Know that He is just moving in and through you. And He loves you. And this is why you're going through what you're going through. You keep running. And that's what He's saying. It's like, stand up and run is what He's saying. That's the picture that He gives us. If we keep reading, He says in verse 14, He says, Pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. You know what? If you are complaining about your chastening, or if you're blaming others instead of blaming yourself, and we love to do this, right? When we get in trouble, what's the first thing we do? We keep pointing, why well, you made me do it, or she made me do it, or he made me do it, or my wife made me do it, or my husband made me do it, or my mom made me do it. You know what we do? We're just at war with everybody because there's a war going on within our heart. And the Lord is saying, you know what? I want peace to rule in your hearts. Because when they see you, they see me. And he says, and walk in holiness. You've been corrected. Know that God loves you. Know that he displayed this. He showed you his love through the chastening. So now walk in holiness so that you don't experience that once again. And he goes on to say in verse 15. He says, looking carefully, lest any of you fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. The Lord says, be holy for I am holy. None of us want to fall short of the grace of God. You know, as Paul wrote, right? You know what? Because grace abounds, does that mean that you should sin? He says, certainly not. See, sometimes we as a people, we ignore chastening. And it just keeps getting severe, more severe and more severe. Until we finally get it. You know, until we pass the test, the Lord is going to repeat that test so that we could keep walking in it until we pass it. He'll keep chasing you and chasing you because you belong to Him. Let me share this with you. How many of you have seen kids or maybe have kids that you've punished? You've chastened. You've disciplined. And no matter what, they keep doing it. And they still want to live in your house. You know what? They don't want to obey the rules, right? You know what? They say, you know what? I'm going to live here. I'll tell you, yes, with my mouth that I'll obey you, but with my actions, I'm going to do something different. See, these kids and us as people, we're the same way. We want the blessings, right, of living at home comfortably, but yet we don't want to obey. And such was Esau. Let's read in verse 16. He says, Lest there be any fornicator or profane person like Esau, who for one morsel of food sold his birthright. Do you remember Esau and Jacob? Isaac, right? Isaac was the father and one was going to receive the inheritance that the Lord gave and be blessed by the Lord and the other one was not. And we know that Jacob deceived 
his father into believing that he was the oldest son. That was wrong because God had already given it to Jacob, but he was trying to do it in his own. He was trying to, to, uh, uh, to manipulate God's will, and he didn't have to do that because it was already preordained. It was already done. And what happened here is that Jacob, what he did is that he made himself to be Esau. He put on the clothes that Esau wears and he put on gold tear on his hands and his neck and so that when his father would touch him, he'd believe that it was him. But prior to that, prior to the dad, Isaac, giving Jacob the blessing, Jacob had sold his birthright to uh, I'm sorry, Esau had sold his birthright to Jacob. And he sold it because he was hungry. He wanted to satisfy his flesh. And as, J- as Esau wanted to satisfy his flesh, he says, you know what? Jacob tells him, you give me your birthright, your blessings, and I'll give you food. And Esau says, absolutely, I'll take that food. I, w- I want to satisfy myself. I could care less about my birthright. And when it came to that time, that time when his father was going to give away the blessing, Jacob decides to live it out and manipulate the situation. And what happened here was that Jacob receives it. And let's read in verse 17. It says, For you know that afterward, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected for he found no place for repentance, though he sought it diligently with tears. What happened was that when Esau found out that, uh, that Isaac, his father, gave the blessing to Jacob, guess what he begins to do? He begins to cry. And tears start falling down his eyes. And he begins to scream and to wail. See, what happened here? was that it wasn't one of repentance. It was just one that he wanted the blessing. And what I want you to understand from this, because this is the key to what he's trying to say here. There are many of us that live and practice sin. We live it out. The lust of the flesh. The lust of the eyes. And yet we still want the blessing from God. How many people are living in sin? How many people are practicing sin? Even people that call themselves Christians. They live it out. And yet they still say, you know what? I still want His blessings. You know what? I still want heaven even though I don't obey Him. Even though I don't listen to Him. Even though I don't do what He says. I still want it. This is Esau. This is the spirit of Esau that he's talking about. Do we have the spirit of Esau? Where we don't want what God wants. We want to satisfy our flesh. And we still want the blessings from God. Let us not be any of these. Let us not be like Esau. Let us allow his chastening to work in us. And to yield the peaceable fruit of righteousness. And let us walk in holiness. Chastening. Proves to us that we belong to Him. That God loves us. And He wants you to learn from it. And to no longer walk in it. 
Don't be like Esau, satisfying the flesh. But let us yield to the Lord and to his commands. And with that, we're going to close. Lord Jesus, we just want to thank you, Lord, for reminding us, Lord, about chastening, Lord, to reveal to us, Lord, all that you have to say about it. And we know one thing, Lord, that, Lord, that without chastening, Lord, we're illegitimate, as your word says. We may not be belong to you, Lord. If we continue to practice sin and we're not caught in it, we definitely do question and we should question whether we belong to you. If there's anyone here that has a spirit of Esau, if there's anyone here that is practicing and living out sin, I ask, and the Lord is saying, make things right with me. Commit your life to me. Recommit your life to me. Ask for my forgiveness. If there's anyone here that wants the forgiveness of God, if anyone here wants that restored fellowship with God, if anyone here wants to get off that wrong course and get back on the right course that leads to eternal life, Today is a day of salvation. Raise your hand and we will pray for you. Amen. 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 Anyone else before we close? Amen. Anyone else before we close? Anyone else? Lord Jesus, you saw these hands that went up, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, for you have spoken to them, Lord. And their desire is to get back on track, Lord. Their desire, Lord, is to have you get them back on track, Lord. Lord, we know that chastening isn't pleasant, Lord. And they're asking, Lord, for forgiveness, Lord. They don't want to suffer. They don't want your discipline. By your spirit, lead them. Shape them and mold them into people that walk in holiness and in righteousness. Lord, we know that you love them as they have been called by you, Lord, and they have answered this call. Lord, we just want to give you praise, glory, and honor, Lord, because they have answered your call, Lord. Lord, do your work in and through them and all around them, Lord. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.